0: Welcome, everyone, to Phone Show Chat Podcast 790. Recording this unusually on a Sunday, 25th of February, 2024. Good morning to you, Mr. Ted Salmon. Hello there. We
1: got into trouble for this in the group. Uh, th- th- they were shouting this morning, Where's the show? <laughs> <laughs> <Are> we- <laughs> even though, even though I said in the group yesterday we we're going to be late. <laughs> yes, and, I saw that.
0: <laughs> and I announced on last week's show we were going to be late. But I yes, that's right. That. You did. Yeah. Yes. I was almost, almost going to go into the f- future build a time machine and then go back a day and then record i <laughs> oh, never mind good morning yes. andrew manning our guest
2: good morning good morning steve oh. good morning ted
0: yeah where Hi. can people find you online
2: andrew um that's a good question i'm not often or well, as much online i'm occasionally now on the MeWe, having sort of drifted back um i use signal quite a lot which is the miwi equivalent of whatsapp so you actually own your data rather than someone trying to harvest it all, when yeah. um, any contacts. Uh, that's probably the the main. Areas. Oh, and YouTube
1: every so often. You disappeared, well. you disappeared, Andrew, from MeWe for a, a number of years, and just about you know a couple of months back, I saw you pop up again
2: yes that was to do with my phone journey along the way which kind of settled and i knew it was going to settle for a few years so i I didn't need reminders of what i didn't have
0: (laughs) well let's we'll get to that i'm sure um you did post a very interesting post in the mewe group entitled the 10 most influential mobile phones do you want to just introduce what you did and how you did it and then we can cover the results yeah sure so
2: what i did was to use an AI tool. So initially tried ChatGPT, I'm sure most people have heard of. um, That wasn't very forthcoming. So I tried Microsoft's CoPilot. So I do some teaching online as well. So I'm using things like CoPilot more and more because you can say things like, right, produce me a presentation on the 10 most influential phones, mobile phones, include an image for each one and some suggested songs like hanging on the telephone. So the things that are posted on MeWe are the results from using Microsoft's Copilot.
0: Okay, and do you want to take us through the, these are in rough chronological order. Do you want to take us through them, and maybe Ted or I can leap in if we know the model as we go?
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, a lot of these I haven't used. In fact, I'll, I'll only mention the one or two that I have. But there's the Motorola DynaTAC 8000x, 1983, the first mobile phone ever released in public. Um, The Motorola StarTAC 1996, that's 13 years later, the first ever clamshell phone.
0: I'm sure our good friend Ben Wood at the Mobile Phone Museum will be chomping at the bit, saying, I've got that in my museum or I want that in my museum. He'll be very
2: interested at this point. Yeah. I was trying to think what I was using around then. It was probably one of the, either the micro, Microsoft CE devices or the Symbian UIQ or 60 or whichever it was. So it was kind of in and around there somewhere. Oh,
0: the late 1990s was before all that. late 1990s was, was oh, um, right, the very oh. first mobile phones. We were on PDAs oh. and Scions and Palm oh, yes. and so on. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yes. And uh, Windows CE it. devices, by all means, but they weren't smartphones, yeah.
2: That was it. It was the, the, the
0: iPad. Yeah, yeah. Yes, which were
2: produced, which I didn't find out later on, by HTC. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, they yes, did everything yeah. then. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, fantastic. And then the third phone that is listed is the Nokia 9000 communicator.
0: All right. 96. <laughs> <laughs> it's classed here as the first ever smartphone, but it wasn't really. Mm. I, do, I don't think you could add apps to it. It just you had email and web built in. Um, yes. But, it, yeah, it was, it was uh, obviously it, – it, it, made the mold for the upcoming communicators all of which would would be full smartphones and full communicators but yeah 9000 i never had that the first mm. one i had was the 92 i yeah same here yeah yeah, right. yeah 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 which was symbian of course and this is where my story yeah, cut yeah, cut yeah. in with this yeah. particular ah. timeline yeah yeah
2: I, I do remember i don't know if it was this device this model number or another one but I knew someone sort of around there and he was glued to his Nokia communicator in the, in the same way as at some point I was with my Scion 3A and then 3MX he yeah. was kind of glued to his hand and he said this is the
0: best thing ever
2: uh, but yeah it's a real passion for his yeah, device. yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. 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 Um, the fourth device is the Nokia 3310 in the year 2000 so it's one of the most popular and durable phones of all time
0: yeah. I never had owned um, it because it was too basic for me, but I'm sure it sold in the tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions, yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. Actually, it's one of the other things with code pilots, um, and ChatGPT, because you can do the query, like one of the top ten most influential phones, and then do a follow-on query, which is put that information into a table, include sales, features, whatever. So it's it's actually quite useful as a running conversation. Yeah. Um,
1: I think I think at that time I was sixty one ten. The sixty one ten Nokia was it wasn't a smartphone, but um, it was certainly influential because so many business people tended to use it. Right, yes. Do you know when the E sixty one was around?
0: That would have been about two thousand and six. Yes, two thousand six. Right.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah, I remember that one. I love that kind of squarish shape on the keyboard on that one. I think I think it was later than that because we had the E.
0: 51 first, didn't we? Well, the A61i I remember was something like 2008, so I'm guessing the 61 was 2006, 2007 at the very latest. It's in that time frame.
1: Right.
2: Okay, right. right. So the fifth phone on the list is the it's like the top ten, isn't it? The kind of countdown. Well, anyway, <laughs> uh, I need the rolling music. The Apple iPhone at number. F- well, it's not number five. Is chronological in the year 2007. The original iPhone changed the world of smartphones forever
1: look how tiny it is in steve jobs's hand
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah they've grown a bit since then and um, i didn't have an iphone so my first ever phone was i think it really had, had an htc magic and then followed that htc line with the, the desire at some point and the others and i i loved the htc devices
0: yeah um, interestingly in your commentary in from the co-pilot it says it also introduced the app store which revolutionized the way we use our phones yes it, did, it actually didn't the iphone 2007 did not have an app store you had to use everything on the web so it was actually to the 3g in 2008 a full year later yeah. which had the app store and i would point out as i will no doubt will later on in ted's um bygone beauties that the nokia Symbian phones had an app store in 2004 just saying, just did, saying.
2: i did I do remember those symbian and also uh, the Microsoft stores. I mean, they're, they're kind of sometimes having to download them. One of the things I do like with Copilot as a tool that you might see on there, it has reference numbers at the end of each paragraph, and it actually is pointing back to the sources. So it does make it a bit easier because you have to be careful with some yeah. of the AI tools. That interesting, they can actually make things up every so often, which is can be quite interesting because sometimes they <laughs> point to somewhere that doesn't actually exist anymore. Um, so it's definitely worth using use these sorts of tools, not as a, right, that's the definitive answer, but just as a, a pointer, an idea, a suggestions. So in at number six, um, the BlackBerry Bold 9000-2008. Uh, it's the epitome of the BlackBerry brands, the business professional market, QWERTY keyboard, trackball, etc. And again, I do remember getting BlackBerry at the time. And it was a company device.
0: Yeah, I had a 9000 for review, and I I, I thought it did a terrific job in terms of the materials and the form factor. The OS that we were using at the time didn't really appeal to me, but I could absolutely see someone in the BlackBerry world. This was the best thing since sliced bread.
2: Yeah, I I had them over the years, and I quite enjoyed them. But it was always like that was the work device, and my my HTC was my own personal device. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in at number seven, we have the Samsung Galaxy S, the first Android phone to challenge the iPhone, Um, this massive four-inch Super AMOLED screen, etc. Yes, one of the best-selling smartphone lines of all time.
0: Yes, that's the line, though. I would argue that, as um, I think Ted's put in Gemini's attempt at the same task of picking the 10 most influential phones, and, and that picks up the... Um, galaxy s2 as the one to pick out and i think i'd agree the galaxy s was impressive and it It was samsung doing a decent android phone but the galaxy s2 knocked everything out of the park with a bigger screen and better camera and it just it was the the top specs and it wasn't horrifically expensive so i would argue the galaxy s2 in there rather than the original s
2: yeah yeah i I think you said the line itself i I can't remember the actual models i had but I, i know i had quite a few of the s models but also i had all of the notes really yeah. much only the yeah. one two three four etc um and also there, which, there was the google nexus one of them was the samsung
0: made. yeah the nexus s ted was samsung made i believe s for samsung yeah yeah
1: it was yeah. um that's right yeah
2: and i loved that one i had a lovely feel in the hand kind of design ergonomically uh Right, so number eight is highlighted: the HTC One M7, which,
0: which was fantastic.
2: <laughs> Cheers all round! Yeah. Uh, masterpiece of design and engineering, sleek aluminium body, dual front-facing speakers. Mentions the industry of ultra pixel camera. I'll bypass that one, but it was uh, for me for audio. It was brilliant. That's always been important for me. Yeah.
0: You left that one, Ted, didn't you?
1: i did and the m8 and um it was only as we moved forward and got the marshall london a bit later and all the rest of it we looked back at those devices which were still in drawers and realized that the speakers were good for the time they really are not that impressive and devices these days are just knocking spots off of the m8 and m7
0: yeah but the uh, yeah. The, the one m7 has started this um metal unibody build which i think you 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 picked it up in your hand and you thought, wow, this is something mm. different. And the iPhones at the time, I think, were they they were metal, but yeah. this this was big and metal and dual speakered. And I think it was it, it, it wowed the socks off everyone who held it at the pub meet we organised near High Wycombe with Richard Yates et Al. Yeah.
2: So in you know, at number number nine is getting closer to today, Nokia Lumia 1020 Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: 2013.
2: so steve i'm sure you could wax lyrical about that one
0: and i'm sure i will in bygone beauties in weeks to come but um yeah no i've talked about the 1020 so much over the years it still got one of the purest and best performing cameras certainly in daylight that uh, i think you can you can buy terrific technology for the time it looked beautiful in the hand especially the yellow one with the big black camera island xenon flash um it it was robust Uh, windows phone 8 originally and it ran very smoothly they kind of they they forwent it for a windows phone 10 looked at the upgrade and everyone complained but i think it sat beautifully on windows phone 8 or 8.1 smooth and colorful user interface as the co-pilot says and that the you know the nokia apps and the nokia app store it it worked fine for the time it didn't have all the apps but um, those were the restrictions of windows phone 8 and the 1020 was just you bought it for the hardware you bought it for the camera
2: yeah because i can't remember whether it was later or around that time i had the nokia Lumia fifteen twenty, and I, I love that phone. Yeah. I still have it, and every so often I take it out of the drawer and I turn yeah. it on. And actually, I like the Metro interface, that those tiled interfaces. I, after Android and iOS, it's refreshingly different, and it's such a shame. Yeah. But it's it was the first phone that really drew my attention to taking photos because it was Earth. a larger screen, outdoor visibility, etc.
1: I remember you talking about that back in the day, Andrew, and wowing about it. And one of the main things you were saying, but as a downside was, but it it is really big. (laughs) Looking at it now, you say, well, actually it wasn't really.
2: (laughs) That's true. Although there there is that thing, the width. I've noticed that recently because I found an LG V40 that I thought I'd lost a few years ago. And I found it back in my car as I was getting rid of the car. And, it's the extra width, that kind of slightly more square shape rather than that longer, thinner one, right. which I really like. And the Nokia has that, so it's actually wider, but not as tall. But it, yeah. it just feels so nice in the hand. Sure. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. Balance button position, everything. Anyway, moving on to the tenth one on here. It's got the iPhone X, tenth, 2017, marking the tenth anniversary of the iPhone, bringing radical redesign, 5.8 inch. OLED screen, Face ID, which I, I think now is absolutely fantastic, um, and I had a few other things in there. I think the other one as well. There was, from what I remember, there was a change then to iOS, which meant that um, future versions were able to run more smoothly over several years. So I've had iPhones. Which are then passed into the family, which are kind of hitting the seven year and still running fine. I mean, I've got an iPhone 5S, I've got an iPhone 7 something or other somewhere. Yeah. But that, that change to the operating system just made them a bit more uh, lengthy to use, to use for a longer period of time.
0: Yeah, we had uh, several iPhone 10s in the family at the time. And I think the iPhone 10, the original one in 2017, is now just out of support or just about to go out of support. So you're iphone 7s and so forth they're they're presumably they're not getting updates anymore but um but yeah certainly a seven year uh, year life and the iphone 10 with the full face um display was was the first time an iphone had joined android if you like in <clears> that field and to put the face id in as well which is just yeah. so good um i know ted you hate almost everything about ios but if you, you just that one element the biometrics of face id eat beard or no beard hair or no hair face id is just utterly wonderful
2: yes and wet fingers or non wet fingers as well or gloves or well, yeah, not
0: gloves yeah. and, not, and yeah. night or day as well it works in pitch yes. dark yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I,
1: I think the only advantage that i can see is is the payment system because my uh, other phones now the face id face um um mm-hmm. recognition w- yeah. works perfectly they're, they're not so, secure, so the 2D version... No, no, I, I get yes, that, yeah. I, I, I get, and, and that's what I'm referencing <laughs> with the, the payment thing, but but in terms of usability, I've got absolutely no problem with my face IDs with most Android phones. Yeah,
0: huh? yeah. It's kind huh? of in the middle of the, uh, you know, it's, it's 2 a.m. in the morning, Andrew, and you're, you're exiting a nightclub or whatever, and you want to authorise something, and it's completely pitch dark, and you just op- open the phone up, and within one second, it shows the little smiley face to say you've been... Uh, recognized and you're you're doing your payment you're doing your fully authentic stuff in the pitch dark in the middle of nowhere do you think this is just wonderful technology
2: yeah I, i'm just thinking you, you must live a very different lifestyle steve i'm trying <laughs> to think when the last time i was at a uh, nightclub uh, at two yeah,
0: absolutely <laughs> well in my case it's probably picking my daughter up from a nightclub and i, I i've uh, already had three hours sleep at that point yeah
2: okay i'll recognize that i've had the same thing with my daughter <laughs> uh, as well. yeah very much
0: yeah yeah it's not a bad <laughs> ai aggregated list i would throw in the nokia n95 2007 as well it was it was just pre-iphone and it was the first phone with it all in terms of hardware and it even came with free sat nav in 2007 but of course hmm. um yeah i know your gemini let's pick up the n95 as well ted but uh, i would put the n95 in the original list yeah.
1: well you, you say the original list it's just a different list if you throw if you throw a question at um, yeah. any <laughs> I, a, ai engine you'll just get a different outcome won't you
0: yeah
2: yes Uh, and even the same one at different times you (laughs) might get different (laughs) responses yeah or change the question slightly because i tried it slightly differently and i got the samsung note in there which actually i think is quite an important device because it did move to larger devices and yes styluses aren't for everybody but for those who use them they can be quite handy
0: yeah it's a fascinating list and a really interesting exercise anyway andrew so thank you just uh, you were last on 2020 which is believe it or not, four years ago. So what were you using then? And take us through uh, your thought processes and acquisitions from 2020 through
2: to 2024. Right. I think, thinking back, that I was probably using LG V60 or if not one of the earlier versions of V50, yeah. uh, possibly even the V40, but it was, a, it was a, the LG line because the DAC in there for audio quality has ESS Sabre uh, it's extremely good, but the DAC and the amp that's in there—the power—means that I can use reasonably sized headphones as well as yeah, my yeah, yeah. it's, it's just fantastic for that. So, yeah, that was the LG sixty V sixty.
0: Yeah, and the uh, removable second screen. Did you actually use, have, own that, and use it? Um, I have it here,
2: and at the time, I didn't use it enormously. I think I paid something like six hundred and something pounds for the screen for the phone and the second screen news, so you know they're quite good value i think for the kind of time i've had from them um i think as i my phone use has changed so amazing iphone as my primary device the v60 now lives more and more in its second screen for much of the time there, there's also another issue which is the v60s have a bit of an issue with USB-C. have I've met a few people who've had USB-C issues in different phones, Samsung, but the V60s, I think, partially the second screen slotting it in have had a problem. Fortunately, it's wireless charging, so it lives in the second screen most of the time because it's really handy. Uh, yeah. For example, last night, uh, the reason I couldn't do the show, I was on, a, it was a poetry evening, and I was doing the Zoom. Uh, just switching between different speakers and it was incredibly useful having the dual screen so i can see an alphabetical list of the speakers and also a list of names and other things on the second screen and control from those two screens who was going to be talking next
0: ah, what you need is a surface duo andrew <laughs> I,
2: i've got something at work i'd be tempted but i've got something now i, I just can't uh, justify buying something else really <laughs> sure
0: <laughs> yeah i know okay. But, yeah, yeah. Sim- similar idea. And that's why yes. I find the Duo and the Duo 2 so fascinating, as does Ted. You, there are times in your life when you literally need to see two things at once. And Definitely. it's handy having yeah. them on independent screens that you can interact with. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, there's a slight diversion, though. On that second, the foldables. I mean, none of the pop foldables have attracted me to date. But the Samsung, sorry, the LG V60, it's the slide-out nature of it. Because then I can use it as a second screen. Or I can use it as an ultra slim slip slipped-into-my-pocket slab of a phone. And it's incredibly tough. I mean, the screen, I can just fold it because it's got the hinges, and I can use this in whatever mode, laptop, tent, whatever. But it's tough. I'm not sacrificing anything in terms of um, the, the phone itself.
0: Yeah, so this was Android, and you've been Android for a while at this point. At some point, yes. you started to switch to what some would consider the light side. some would consider would consider the dark <laughs> side. So take us through your OS decisions and and hardware.
2: Yep. So my journey with iOS, and I'd ref- I'd see them as it's they're both. It's great having the choice of both of them. I think life would be a lot duller if we only had <laughs> one. Um, was I started actually with the iPhone 4s was my first iPhone, but most of the time I carried on using Android. I love playing with launchers of umpteen sorts from 3D launchers, Z launchers, action launcher, lightning launch, you name it. There's so many of them. It's quite fun just playing around. Um, but then gradually I started to use iOS more in the background, but the, I- the LG V60 has just held its own because it has a 3.5 millimetre headphone socket, and I've got wired headphones that sound better than any of the wireless devices that I've got. And I've got Apple AirPods Pro 2, which actually sound really good. Um, Status between ANC, which some people might have heard of, but they're triple driver wireless buds, which sound really good. Um, So for audio quality, though, the wired ones still easily outclass the Maybe not easily so much as they used to, but they are certainly in there. So in the planar headphones, for example, I can run those through in the LG V60. And that was part of the reason I kept using it. The SD card slot, because I've only got 256 gigabytes on board with the V60. And having an SD card slot meant that I can add, I've got another 250 in there, 256. And most of that's full with uncompressed, lossless music and the occasional video as well. Um, and the option of the second screen plus it's, it's incredibly tough I can just bounce this phone around so the LG v 60 kept us home but after a few years it stopped getting updates it's on android 13 Um the last security update was last summer and i made a decision i wasn't going to carry on using it with banking and other apps um and various other ones that I really wanted more security on. So what I did was I bought an iPhone, knowing that it would be something to last potentially a long time and also could be something I can hand on to my daughter if she loses, breaks her phone. Um, but I've carried on using the V60 with different accounts. So I've just set up effectively dummy accounts on there so I can run Apple Music, for example, on there. So Apple Music gives you your high-res, lossless um, Sounds better than Spotify, but it's the same price. And I can use this for Gmail for a different account, which hasn't limited information. I use it for some Microsoft things. So it's just, it's, it's there and it's still going, but doesn't get any security updates anymore. And yes, it has kind of a few other bits and pieces to help with security, but which is fine. Um, So then it was a switch over to the iPhone and I, after mulling around and looking around, I ended up getting an iPhone 15 plus, which is excellent. Absolutely superb phone.
0: Yeah, I've got the 14 plus for my wife. You probably saw the other day um, that was in product red. But they, annoyingly, they didn't produce product red for the 15 plus. So what color did you get in storage?
2: Um, I don't know. I'd have to take the case off
0: to have a look. On, I was just missing. <laughs> I was more interested in storage. <laughs> Ma-
2: Oh, okay, right. Well, colour-wise, it's the matte black, and storage is 256. I, ne- yeah. I decided I needed that as yeah, a yeah. bit. But this, from what I understand, there seem to have been quite a few jumps in the plus line from the 14 plus to the 15 plus. But I really like this. I mean, yes, there's the things I've posted in we about the use of the lock screen, um, the use of these the scrollable widgets are brilliant. The dynamic island, I hadn't really thought too much about that, but now that i've got it i use it all the time because i can just switch it's like a quick switcher but you can customize it as well using things like lock launcher um so you can sort of put your own things into that dynamic island that's just incredibly useful
1: going back to what you were saying earlier andrew about um (laughs) android being really flexible with launchers (laughs) what i found is that it's also flexible in terms of being able to get apps to just do everything so i've got a very good dynamic island app, and I and I agree with you. The dynamic island is a really good idea, and I've, I I now use it on my Android phones because it's so good. But it's a third-party app, and that's yep. the beauty of um you know Android is that everyone's out there trying to make this stuff. And the same goes for stacking widgets. There's all sorts of options, and and, and I, I completely understand what you're saying about being drawn back to Android because you can tinker with all this stuff. Um, it might come in a neat package with an iPhone, but you can still Tinker with it with Android.
2: I I think that's true. I think, I mean, for example, I use the focus modes a lot. So I have a walking mode, a study mode, a home mode with different notifications, different screen layouts, different watch faces that appear, different things that appear left, right, and center, etc. Which is great having that inbuilt but as my main device i am more cautious because as my banking and other details on it about using third parties that interfere or get in the way of the almost like the operating system so i tend to yes i play a bit on the um android v60 but to be honest my playing days purely for the sake of it it's less it because it feels like it's, it's just not what i want to do with my time whereas for getting things done but giving me the flexibility that I want right in front of me, the iPhone gives me all of that without sacrificing access to third parties.
0: In your okay. in the MeWe post, um, you posted, posted well. It's now been superseded mm. by four or five of Ted's, but it was at the top of the feed. Uh, go look at Andrew's post from you know, late Saturday, early Sunday, twenty fourth, twenty fifth Feb. You've put in a number of screenshots of how you mm. set up your focus modes and uh, lock screens and they're really really interesting the stuff i hadn't actually seen before you have gone way beyond what most people will have done with an iphone in terms of setting up and using these focus modes as apple intended so i do applaud that the screenshot i want to talk to you about is the one that with the, showing the big 1631 time um, with the lock screen uh, widgets here you've got more widgets on your screen than i have how are the dickens did you manage to get the the widget Row beneath the clock, and then another widget row right at the bottom. Where did that come from?
2: <laughs> okay, so I was playing around with Lock Launcher. So just like I just said about third parties, that was okay. using wow. Lock Launcher. <laughs> the lock launcher yeah. So I probably will take off actually, but I wanted to have a go with just trying that. So you can see on there those apps are put on the bottom. Yeah. Um, they're set up to appear in this mode, but also I'm using shortcuts, which are just like workflows. So on the yeah. two on the right hand side. The buttons which will launch a sequence of activities because the shortcuts widget uh, feature on ios is incredibly powerful for quick create your own workflow of activities like email the last photo you taken to xyz or, or whatever um but i probably will take that lock launcher off um because to be honest it, it's nice and it was nice to play but it's kind of lost my interest i think the lock Live widgets that iOS and other providers are providing are, are actually doing what I need, and that, that's the focus. Is it doing what I want yeah. it to do?
0: I would like Apple to provide more widget slots on the lock screen. To only have two half width l- w- slots just seems arbitrarily restrictive. Maybe it's limited it, it, you, if you have more, then it drains more battery power and uses more processor time. But I would like to see the option of it four <laughs> half widgets or maybe three full widgets, something like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, what I tend to do is um, I use the slide out. So just swipe to the right, yeah. because that brings out whether you're in unlocked or locked mode. I have on there, I have a scrolling widget that has all my several music. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And podcast things. And I have another thing that shows me steps and various other things uh, clocks and clocks in time zones, etc. So in a way, I, I like having a less cluttered first screen that shows me what I need. Like, oh, is it going to rain? Oh, that's quite useful to know. Um, and things like that and then I'll swipe left if I need something else and then I can go into the screens if I really need something beyond that. One of the things I did find in in moving from Android to iOS that it really helped me enormously to watch various videos on how to use these features because I think some of these things I would probably have found through experimentation but some of the things like how to use the two things that appear automatically in the dynamic island i probably wouldn't have noticed initially and probably would have missed out on some of those features Uh, so but it's definitely worth watching videos on how to use ios if you're new to it or haven't looked for a while because it's surprising how many features are in there since i really last looked at ios
0: what's this cut and paste for dynamic island you mentioned in the notes i I, all i know is that you can press or long press the dynamic island and you Ah. can swipe but what's the cut and paste
2: Uh, So this is the potential features look like they're coming through in iOS 18, Okay. uh, potentially the kind of cut and paste, which would be nice. And to be honest, it's it's not the end of the world. I do use cut and paste quite a lot um, because I tend to use my devices, for for example, might be watching a video, doing a course on this, that or the other, and I'll make notes or copy screenshots into something like OneNote. So that cut and paste for images in particular is useful.
0: Okay. I I, I must admit, I don't get the most out of Dynamic Island. There probably are third-party apps that do interesting things that I haven't discovered Hmm. yet. But it does sound like you're you're sort of 90% there in terms of getting the most out of iOS 17. Yeah, I I feel so. It kind
2: of feels like it's doing what I need, um, but it is also the apps as well. So, for example, I largely use the Microsoft apps rather than Gmail or Apple apps. And partially that's because I can work smoothly across devices, partially because Microsoft has got a vested interest in making sure their products work on both Android and iOS, but also things like being able to set categories for to-dos or appointments. So in one of the screenshots, it's got a bit of a Outlook widget dated Sunday the 25th, and that's on a scrolling widget, which will allow me to see other things. And you might see on there that the difference sessions that i've got like qigong session phone show etc they're different colors and they're to do with the microsoft categories and it just it it helps dovetail the work that i do with the time i spend on things
0: okay Uh, we'll come back to some of uh, your rants perhaps at the end of the show um i'd like to do and just a note for listeners that if you hear creaking in the background when andrew's talking it's because he's so enthusiastic he's literally rocking on his stool with his passion for smartphones. So do do excuse the rattling. But if you want to mute yourself for just a moment or two, but do unmute if you want to interrupt, Andrew. What I'd like to do, Ted, is come to the Sony Xperia 5 Mark V, just briefly my video coverage, and then we'll go over to your first impressions as well, if that's okay. Okay. So in at tinyurl.com forward slash SL shorts is my list of YouTube shorts. I'm adding about three or four videos a week. So do go and make sure you subscribe to that. And the subscriber numbers are growing, which is quite uh, quite encouraging. So I've done six um, YouTube Shorts on the Xperia 5 Mark V, overview and intro, camera testing, music lore, is the telephoto missed from the Mark IV, battery life, IP68, etc., and possible caveats and issues. Um, Andrew, maybe unmute yourself. Did you get a chance to watch my YouTube Shorts, or are you not a Shorts man? Um, I'm not really a Shorts
2: man, but I did watch the one you did on the iPhone 15 Plus after I bought it and thought you're spot on with that one because i do think it's the best value <laughs> iphone i got my 256 gigabyte for what 900 pounds you can get it on amazon yeah um, but yeah
0: yeah and anyway I, I guess i should have put all that editorial ted into a single 10 minute video which you would have much appreciated but this is just the way the material came out of my brain and i know what you like in ted in phones ted um android smallish super speakers great battery vanilla interface and i reckon this, this phone's got everything really all you Mind you then, you, then you think, OK, what you really want is to add a notification LED and a more functional always on display. And then you think, oh, wait, you already own this, the Mark IV, which I guess is where you're going to come from in terms of comparisons. But at least you can, you'll enjoy playing spot the difference and you've now got it in your hands.
1: And as you said in your most recent last short video, um, the, the storage, um, I can't believe they didn't put 256 gigabytes on yeah. it. Um, it 's just arrived yesterday afternoon in my hands, and my my very quick um, initial impressions are that um, it feels like metal the the, the the build of the device is um, is glass of course but it it just feels like metal it feels cold and um i don't know it's really odd the blue color is much nicer than my black one incidentally (laughs) um i'd not realized how very close in size it was to the the front of the samsung galaxy z fold 5 as well you put them next to each other and they're almost identical the only difference is of course that the the samsung is fat because it opens up but um, yeah. uh, the front kind of plan view that, that's, how, that's how it is there is plenty of room up the top there for a notification LED so yeah, I don't know why there they've is. done that of course there there's is. also um, software available to put the album art on the always on display they've just decided for some absurd reason in the 5th generation to remove all that Ooh. which is a real, real shame overall design I think is nicer than the Mark IV, the speakers I've done some preliminary testing and I would agree with what you said that they are an improvement over the Mark IV, certainly, and more like the 1 series. Yeah. Um, the, the dynamic vibration is better than both the 5 Mark IV and the 1 Mark IV. Um, I don't know about the 5 Mark V because I haven't um, had much Mark time five. with it. Yeah, yeah, the one mark five yeah <laughs> um but but certainly the, the dynamic vibrations. but i was very pleased that the speakers um as you said were yeah. up up there with the one series um facebook and linkedin still baked in at 800 quid thank you sony um play system was updated to january 24 when i when i when i went and found it and the setup using google's tools um is better than ever. So, Sony, I think uh, I don't know if you remember, but Sony one of the was one of the ones that did that really badly. Yeah, um. On yeah. the on the last generation of um of, of Xperia phones, and this time cabled up with the Mark IV, it did it really really well. So well done, Google. You're getting better at this.
0: Yeah. So presumably the improvements are not down to Sony. The improvements are down to the fact that it's running Android fourteen.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's, it's all Google. The, the backup yeah. and restore is all Google's doing um yeah, but yeah. uh yeah so but but yeah I, i'm I, as i've not long had it out the box um but those are my first impressions and i look forward to doing a some sort of comparison but it's not that different apart from the things that i just highlighted physically i think it's it's not hugely different to the mark IV, and um, we would be focusing on sound and and and, and chipset i suppose But the chipset's not far away either
0: but there's no telephoto ted which i know won't bother you but i didn't know <laughs> Okay, do see but, my YouTube you, shorts, yeah. Yeah, you you
1: proved in your short that it doesn't matter anyway, didn't you?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've been really impressed by the main camera on the Xperia 5 Mark 5. So, see the links in the show notes. We'll put the links to all of my videos in directly there. But uh, I think Sony made the right call. I love the the packaging and the specifications of the Xperia 5 Mark 5. And just the caveats in my last video, other than that, it's almost the perfect Android phone. But um, your SIM card has been somewhere else all week, Ted. So do you want to One give us the, details?
1: One of the reasons being that I um, have had some health issues this week, which I've been working through. And um, like you, when you had some health issues, I started using a watch. And of course, the watch that is the most capable one I've got here is the Galaxy Watch. And so I set it up to do all the stuff I needed to do. Um, and it's really hard to then break away from it um, because all your data then becomes in the, the galaxy and the samsung system and when i'm when i'm kind of tempted to move away from it now i know i know i can you can get certain bits of the um, health stuff on from the watch on other android devices but you certainly can't get everything um and it, it's a real shame including blood pressure incidentally um uh, and so i've you know i i When I would normally have been tempted to move my SIM card to something else to, you know, just change the, have a look at something else and change the the scenery, I've resisted and I've left the SIM card where it is because of that mainly. So I don't know, um, Steve, uh, sorry, Andrew. Steve went through a spell of using a um, Apple Watch because of um, some health issues a while ago, and I'm I was kind of poo-pooing it at the time, thinking, oh yeah, okay, well, fair enough, but I'm not really that interested. But now I really see the other side of it. Have you had it done any of that?
2: Yes, yeah, so I use three modes of smartwatch, which is one of them, an Apple Watch from day to day use, and it's the voice input I use a lot, and just you know, yes, I see steps and all sorts of other things and the weather. Um, but it's just like an input of, you know, press a button, add a reminder to buy a birthday card when I get to London Bridge. You know, so I can just say that. And then as soon as I get to London Bridge, it will remind me to buy a birthday card. So just that quick access, um, speaking to the watch. Right. Um, it does a few other things. i like of stored music on there. And it's not too bad if you play with the settings in the right way. Um, the audio quality, certainly for podcasts and audiobooks, is extremely good. And it just takes a bit of pressure off the battery. Not that that's a problem with the iPhone 15 Plus. The second mode I use for smart watches is none, because for a lot of things so I do qigong teachings be like Tai Chi, um, and you feel the difference in the weight. is surprising, and I just don't like wearing a watch for all the time. And the third mode is cost me sixty eight pounds an Amaze Fit oh, smartwatch, yeah. yeah. Which because sometimes I'm away for a couple of weeks when I haven't got access to charging stuff up. And I set this AmazeFit with a haptic alarm for certain things I need to do and timer and to be able to tell the time. And after 11 days of not charging, it was on 50% battery life. So for those sorts of users, this AmazeFit, which does do heart and blood oxygen and several other bits and pieces, but I turned those off because I didn't need them. This, this is perfect for a long life device this is a maze fit that price. So that's my three things. Apple most of the time. Um well actually no, no smartwatch most of the time. Apple a fair bit of time. More so at home, because when I'm at home I tend to use the Apple Watch just for quick voice. And the iPhone could be anywhere. I've got no idea where it might be. Um and then other times particularly if I'm away i need a battery that lasts me at least a week without charging the Fit.
0: No idea where your phone is. It's in a belt case on your hip, Andrew. (laughs) Speak for yourself. (laughs) Wireless
2: charger usually is kind of probably standing there. It's actually quite useful being able to find devices from my watch as well, you know, to find my phone. I mean, I have not need that too much or the earbuds or whatever. It can be quite handy at times
1: as I say, I just wasn't interested in watches until I had this health thing and I started needing to track what I was doing and it, and it just works brilliantly the Samsung health stuff is just stunning and the, 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 the Galaxy watch is really really capable, yeah. um, they're just about to introduce blood sugar on it apparently they're, they're, at the moment they, they can't technically quite get there but it's just around the corner it would seem a non-invasive, non-skin piercing blood sugar which um you know i don't know the samsung have just seemed to have gone really to town on the, the, the galaxy watch and in answer to your original question steve yeah that the fold five is where i've kept my sim card now just before we were recording i had to get my because i was paying for something and it wasn't set up to do that i got my s23 ultra out to do that with and suddenly i'm back in love with that again so watch this space.
0: but you are <laughs> locked into samsung kind of
1: yeah, because of the watch. That's the only reason. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. um, You know, I, I mean, as I say, I can I can switch it out, but you just don't get all the features. Yeah.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's worth just saying with the Apple Watch. So mine is an Apple Watch Six. So most of the time, I've used it with my LG V60 working alongside it. And if I ever needed connection, then I just simply pair tether the phone and the watch but most of the time what i found in practice was that the watch by itself in standard mode standalone mode gave me all the health stuff the tapping to pay etc etc that i needed when i was out about yeah. um and then when i'm at home it's it's just gone onto wi-fi anyway so it's not an issue so yeah i, I think that thing of being locked in whether it's samsung or other, it's worth sort of sometimes thinking about well actually what linkage do i need but
1: it's just mm. those higher level function functionality that goes on if you're in the galaxy world and you've got all galaxy gear because they obviously samsung are focusing all their energy assuming their users have got a galaxy phone a galaxy watch a galaxy tablet a galaxy everything and you just get the most out of it that was all really andrew i'm sure that yeah. there are yeah. other systems that do similar things and if you're baked into the apple system i'm sure it does very similarly.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's true. You do get more functionality if you're using an Apple Watch with an iPhone. But having switched from using Android and an Apple Watch to using an iPhone and an Apple Watch, for me and my usages, to be honest, it hasn't really made a massive difference no, no. for how I'm using the Apple Watch.
1: Because you're not doing the health stuff particularly, yeah.
2: Um, I, I The steps, that's the one thing I do use, the steps. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and also heart rate. If I'm doing some exercise, I'll try and make sure I've gone at least above yeah' oh, give or take, or something like that. Yeah, right? Yeah.
0: Um, Andrew, does your Apple Watch do the ECG, or is it just my Series Seven that's uh, got that extra function? Um, I
2: believe it has ECG. It does have ECG, but I've turned it off. To be honest, I haven't used it. I'm thinking about this Apple Watch will go, possibly, to my mum for the fall detection. Yeah. Um, and like saying Ted with the um, sugar monitoring, Apple's been m- muttering around that and. I went through a phase. So during lockdown, I was diagnosed as diabetes type two. I hadn't realised, um, and I've reversed that. But I did have that period of the you know the needles pressing, you know, yes. taking those measurements, which was certainly is a good reminder of oh, I better do something about it. And yeah. I have got, but I haven't used yet. It's one of these things you just plug into your arm and you hold it for like two weeks, and it just does continuous monitoring of sugar levels. Oh, yeah. That was just kind of out of curiosity because I reversed it with the propensity is always there i think a watch would be interesting to see how accurately that worked how much it needed but what i did find really was taking the sugar levels was it was only useful for a few months for me to the point where i could feel the difference if i ate late at night for example in the morning wow my sugar levels sky high but after a while i didn't need to take a sugar reading in order to be able to tell that. I could feel the difference. Just, right. yeah. yeah. So it was kind of, it's one of the things I can imagine, certainly for different forms of diabetes, like diabetes type 1, it'd be incredibly useful. Um, but for some people, it may be that the initial period is useful, uh, but then after that, once you get accustomed to, wow, like for me, if I had potato soup, it just shoot, my sugar levels shoot up. I mean, it's, I'm really surprised on that. Right. Uh, yeah. It's just finding things like that yeah but it cool. is useful having the health features definitely
0: i gather um andrew you, you had other considerations before you settled on the iphone why did you decide definitely to switch away from android and what else did you consider
2: so it wasn't the operating system as the reason it was okay. primarily for the iphone the longevity of the updates the seven years updates and something like the Fairphone would have given me their kind of seven eight years yeah uh, and I found in practice that sort of holds out, it does seem to work. Um, There were some other things like resale value, potentially, but also I can pass iPhones through my family more easily than I can with Android phones. But I did consider two other phones in particular. So one of them was the Sony um, Series 5 phones, and the other was the Asus phones. And both of those were the audio quality um, with the DACs that they have yeah, in yeah. them. The thing that put me off, Asus won't go for more than two years or won't commit to beyond two lots of yeah. updates, Android updates. And Sony was not really pushing the boat out either. And yeah. so that that was an, in the end the reason why. But the Sony and the Asus, because they also had 3.5 millimeter headphone sockets and SD card slots, those were the main reasons I'd considered. And the only thing that put me off was the duration of updates
0: so Ted, is there a, any particular reason you can think of why Sony restricts themselves so much in terms of years of support, given that they've got a, a very vanilla skin with just a couple of additions? I cannot see any reason why they can't almost pull a fair phone and say, OK, let's five years, six years, because it's not going to mean very much more work for them.
1: No, not really. Only that they will claim that they petition their users and their users tend to be alpha phone users. And for whether or not they're supporting their Xperia phones going forward, they'll be able to their user base will be able to continue to use the phone with their alpha setups, doing video and and photography, um, regardless of whether it's, you know, bang up to date or not. So I I think that Sony's got this kind of mentality of they've got their user base and these things that annoy the rest of the mobile phone world are not relevant to them. They're very elite, aren't they?
2: It's a shame, Rick, because I like the Sony devices that I've had. I've really enjoyed using, um, and I, I think there might be a, a bit of a change. I'm doing courses at the moment, stuff focusing, and I've been working in the areas around sustainability. Uh, I think there is an increased movement in two directions that I've seen. Certainly, among the people friends that I know, which is one of them is from a sustainability's perspective to go for phones that last for longer, and secondly, to some, not many, to go for just simpler phones almost dumb phone not d- quite dumb phones but certainly scaled back down but certainly that i want a phone to be able to last for years and so for example in my position it's even if i'm not going to use it for years i'm either going to resell it or i'm going to pass it on down through the family and that's where it gets the life it goes to yeah. my partner it go to, da- to my daughter actually goes to my daughter then it goes to my partner then it will go to my mum
0: so you know get a look at it so yeah, so it's important to stay supported and safe for all that yeah. time. Let's move on with Bygone Beauties, our new section for twenty twenty four. And it's your turn to choose something, Ted. I chose the fold five I
1: like. The <laughs> Nokia hey! E ninety. Nokia E ninety. I love I love this phone and as you well know. And I had a couple of them. I like my mocker one mostly mostly. Um and yeah, some of the highlights of this um clamshell Nokia um, S60 phone are that it was just hugely robust. It was amazingly built. It was like a brick, you know. You, if you dropped it, you didn't care, and the the floor would come off worse. It had an amazing hinge mechanism, didn't
0: it? Yeah, the simple dual friction hinges. with the screen cable going within one of the pairs of hinges? I think I think that's that how I worked out it, how it worked. And there wasn't much to go wrong. The hinges weren't synced like on the Duo and the pixel fold. There's no cams inside. So you could actually get slightly interesting different hinge configurations. If you look at photos of the E90, the hinges are all in slightly different places, and you can fiddle around with them and get the angle in the, the position you wanted. But very, very nice.
1: Indeed, yeah. There's a solid QWERTY keyboard, of course, and it really was solid. You know, you had to really press those keys to make them work, which some, pe- some people would say, well, that's not very good because you don't want the, that's hard work. But all of the buttons were solid, and they felt like they were really, really well made.
0: Yeah, the, the thing is you couldn't put it on a desk like a laptop and type touch type as on a laptop. This was best used when you're out and about. You've got it opened up, the nice big screen nice big keyboard and you type with two thumbs like i used to do on with my scion half the time and so being a two-thumb typist that's how i used it
1: yeah um i I do get what you're saying i did also use it on the desk though but it is i mean the keys are obviously very small um perfect size in the hand of course um and yeah i I think usable open on the desk as well but in the hand it was just in fact it's smaller than the the fold five and it was just lovely
0: yeah, well certainly when you keep it, you keep it open on a desk beside you, you can tell people, "Oh yes, I'm using this as my laptop," and they they're really impressed. Of course you yeah, can't yeah. actually use it as a laptop, but it gives them the same idea.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely,
0: Um, and um,
1: a a very usable outside screen, which, um, you know, was like any other S60 Symbian phone. Of course, you've got the T9 keyboard, but in those days, I was okay using T9 when needed, and it saved opening the thing up when you were, you know, on the train or whatever. Um, So, yeah, much like the Fold 5, you, you, you don't have to open it up all the time to use it if you're okay with T9.
0: It's amazing how many comparisons with modern phones we're able to make here. So the, the idea is coming back. Yeah, for quick checks and one word replies to messages, um, it, yeah. it was just, just fine. And also, all applications on the phone ran on the outside screen, just as there was on yeah. any other S60 candy bar.
1: Yeah, and also, well, you can summarize the inside screen and um, how the software worked in there. But I, I remember most things uh, reformatting for the width of the screen
0: yeah, yeah. So the Series 80 interface on Symbian was optimized, Like again, like things like the Surface Duos and the folding phones of today. So well-written apps, they switch into a two-pane interface. You get like list of contacts and then the, the details or you know, the email headers and then the bodies of the email, uh, if appropriate, across the screen. It just worked really well. You said
1: Series 80 there, but it's
0: not. It's not. It's
1: series 60, isn't it?
0: you are quite correct ted that's my fault now the reason i said that is because the original uh, 1992 10 etc they were series 80 yes and this version of s63rd edition was kind of written so that the opened up landscape view mimicked series 80 in many ways and the applications were formatted in similar ways but yeah s60 you're quite correct
1: yes indeed it also had the hero bp4l battery which was of course hot swappable um and th- th- in my experience that that lasted an awful long time you know days two to three days
0: it also lasted years because i have got three or four phones in my drawer here all with bp4 l's in and the batteries keep their charge year after year after year they mm. just go on mm. and on and on so i'm I think the batteries were better before ted
1: micro sd and 120 megabytes
0: um, storage <laughs> yeah 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 which sounds tiny now but it was plenty back in the day for the os and apps and and the idea yeah. back then was that all of your content so all of your media and photographs and they all of that just went on the card by design even most of the applique third-party apps they just get installed on the card and that and you chose the capacity of the card you wanted to use
1: indeed I didn't like much the ancient charging cable standard mini USB. I've still got this mini USB thing on some of my microphones that I use for podcasting. And I think that's just so ancient. Oh, also on my Zoom recorder. Those Zoom recorders have got that still.
0: Yeah, it, it was just the era that I think um, Nokia never used it again, thankfully, after this. Um my new micro no. USB wasn't much better than I was. It was no. a huge cheer when <laughs> Type-C came along. I uh, know even Apple's gone Type C, so but these are just stages the industry goes through.
1: Of course, yeah, yeah, um, and, and also talking about plugs and ports, there was this really non-standard 2.5 millimeter audio out socket, which in the box I seem to remember that you, it came with an adapter, so you could you could plug in your 3.5 millimeter, but. Um, more insight on that from you
0: yeah this was um, a, an experiment really because they wanted to fit in with the corporate headset world they thought very much that this this was an e-series device for business users and 2.5 millimeters was the common headset standard at the time for business use and thankfully right. of course 3.5 became the standard everywhere until apple dropped it in 2016 boo It'd be interesting to know the history of that, because uh, as I understand it, the
1: 3.5mm standard goes back to the, the, the 1930s or something. So perhaps the 2.5mm goes back even further. It was not Apple that first dropped the
2: 3.5mm, but they did create a rush. And I know some companies said they would never remove their 3.5, but sadly it's quite hard to find 3.5mm headphone sockets these days.
0: Yeah, the the 2.5 thing, I think, Ted, was because the business uh, customers were thinking well how can we re- keep the same functionality but make everything smaller so for a couple of years they experimented by dropping down in oh, size okay. but it's obviously okay. sheer madness in a world that was 3.5 everywhere uh, sure. a few other things about the 90 and um, the surprisingly good three three megapixel autofocus camera for a business device at the time anyway it was surprisingly good uh surprisingly loud stereo speakers also unusual at the time on any phone and they were yeah badly placed and not very far apart so it's more about getting volume out of the phone when part of the phone might be covered by a hand so you're holding it as it were so not really for media this was the era of real player and remember that oh yeah so video <laughs> playback on phones was an absolute rarity it was more about just making sure volume could get out for speakerphone calls i think um excellent gps free sat nav again as in the n95 with whatever nokia maps was called at the time um
1: it was, it was Ovi, wasn't
0: it? Was it Ovi? I think it was Ovi later. There was there was an, an I think it was Smart to Go or some the original okay. name because Nokia bought the whole mapping service in and originally. So yes. anyway, um, as the yeah the on device app store downloads with count them thirty apps, Andrew, thirty <laughs> apps. the hundreds more could be installed from CompuServe or developer websites via SIS files. So there was plenty of third party. Yeah, SIS. <laughs> yeah. Overall arguably the one device to rule them all at the time this was in parallel to the nokia n95 which had a better camera but little else better and it was all well before the iphone hit smartphone status as i say in 2008 so it was a different era e90 ruled the world i would say back in the early 2007 i agree
1: it's definitely give me an and give me android on the e90 though and modernised processing storage connections etc and i'd be back on it like a shot i don't think that anything has come close to it in terms of a, a more desirable um you, you know form factor and i, I really really liked it and, and i think the fold five comes the closest at the moment uh, my e90 i think it went to someone in scandinavia in the end i wish i kept it to be honest i know yeah. it's not much use now but it would still be nice to have
0: around. You'd have thought on yeah. eBay that people would be selling Nokia E90s for like 20 quid, you know, to, to get clear drawers. Hmm. No, they're still too, they are. They're no oh, right? it's £250 for an E90 really? at the moment. <laughs> they're clearly in des- desirable collector's items. Andrew, did you ever yes. have an E90?
2: Um, I didn't have an E90, no, but I did find – so I did go through the phase with the software from yourself of the Scions yes. kind of Series 3, and I loved those. And I kept eyeing up was it the netbook or there was something yeah, that kind of seven, on. Yeah, yeah. and I didn't get that. However, I have got something like that now. So the iPad Mini, I would say, is the best tablet I've ever had. It's fantastic as a form factor. Um, I use it with a stylus, but I have a detachable keyboard. And suddenly I've just over the last several weeks, the detachable keyboard it's my, my netbook. It's the perfect yeah. size. It's, it's absolutely brilliant, and I, I would definitely use that. A foldable phone, yeah, maybe not so, so sure about that, although using a smartwatch has changed my views that I might be more tempted. But sorry, just as you were talking about some ye old phones, I got my Nokia 1520 out of the drawer, plugged it in, turned it on, and I'm looking at this lovely tiled interface and just <laughs> it's fantastic so thanks for that it's been a while since i have my nokia 1520 fix i just love the tiles i love the feel of it in the hand
0: sadly microsoft long since um, turned off the servers that uh, let you yes. download applications and even sign into microsoft accounts which is it means yes. that a lot of these windows phones are just paperweights now but yeah Absolutely. i've still got my 1020 yes. and it still takes good photos even if you can't do anything with them on the device yes
2: yeah. I can mean, still you say, take the photos, and it still works as a phone. It works absolutely fine. And there's a few other features, but you say, it's a shame that it's not yeah. attachable to an account.
0: Yeah. Ted, PSC Photos, what have you got for us? This week, I'm going to present to you the winner of the
1: January 24 photo of the month in the PSC Photos group, as chosen by the voters, the members of the group, and it's Cornish Robin shot by andrew martin using a google pixel 8 pro and it's a shot of a robin <laughs> really really it was taken with a pixel 8 pro um no i it, it's obviously was very popular with the um with with the voters i'm not quite sure why over the others but i'm not criticizing it at all well if i'm going to criticize one thing i'll say that the back at the end of the tail is lobbed off but <laughs> apart from that um, yeah, it's a very nice nature shot, zoomed in, um, which he's taken with, um, with with the Pixel. Any thoughts, Andrew? It's
2: beautiful. It's stunning. I'm looking at that, and it's crystal clear. It almost jumps out of the page. It's going to fly off in one direction or the other.
0: It's beautiful. Yeah, it shows <laughs> what what a good zoom the Pixel 8 Pro has got with that super rare zoom. It's really impressive software processing.
2: And I'll just yeah, add yeah. as well the the background, the, the, the kind of the blurring in the background. Making the robin stand out is beautiful. But it's the depth of the colours as well that come through with a a richness in there that I really like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a very nice photograph. And so did the members of the group who voted. So thank you, everyone, for voting. We'll be back with another one for February um, in the middle of uh, March, probably. And um, keep your photographs coming into the group.
0: Also on me, we are wonderful Buy, Sell, Swap, Classifieds group, and you've got a few picks for us, Ted.
1: Yeah, a bit quiet again this week, but um, yes, I've got a few. The, the iPhone 12 Pro, 128 gigabyte version in Pacific Blue, £320. An iPhone 13, 128 gigabytes in pink. Is pink a colour? £300. I didn't <laughs> think pink was an apple colour, is it?
0: A pale pink. Is it rose pas- gold? Pas- pas- no, no, I think pastel pink, perhaps, yeah.
1: Is it? I thought it was rose gold, that kind of colour.
0: Anyway, who knows? Um,
1: Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 4, 256 gigabytes in black, £329. There's a Pixel 6 Pro, 128 gigabytes in stormy black um 190 pounds and a large shout out for the the one we highlighted last week 160 quid for the Moto G54 256 gigabytes 8 gigabytes of ram um as i say we mentioned it last week amazing value i think for a family member i'm amazed that that has not been snapped up it's a, a really capable phone um uh you know and for 160 quid amazing that would be my pick what would be yours andrew
2: well, oh, spoil for choice there
1: hey, that
2: iphone 13 128 gigabytes looks like good value um and th- those are cuz those have got several years still to run for updates if i was just someone was buying me one i did think about getting a pixel 7 cuz there've been some good deals but they haven't been so good on the audio side for the output so probably of those if you had to give me one i'd go for the galaxy flip 4 cuz i haven't played with one of those
0: so that flip 4 is not yours is it ted i know i i um <laughs> my, mine's still here <laughs> <laughs> right um, i think my pick there would probably be one of the iphones in that when once an iphone um especially an iphone pro gets down into 300 pound region all of a sudden all the arguments about their well they're way too expensive they go out the window because these these at that price you can afford to take a punt on it even if you're not 100 percent convinced that the 12 pro gets you the pro camera with the telephoto, and that's still going to be supported for another two or three years. So I think that's my pick. Uh, The the prices are
1: plummeting. Someone sold their S23 Ultra this week for under 500 quid, 512 gigabyte version, just like mine, and it's now dropped under 500 quid for reselling on. Uh, Now, to be fair, it was snapped up quite quickly at that price, but even so, everything just seems to plummet in price. There's no value retention at all.
0: I think you get better retention value if you sell secondhand on eBay. Uh, Within Mm. our community, I think people really kind of want the latest and greatest in in the last couple of years.
2: Yeah, I think that's true. And also with that iPhone 13, it's going to have updates till, what, 2028. So you're getting a good length of time. And it'll still run (laughs) during that period.
0: But it is pink. (laughs) Yeah, but
2: put a case on and you're not going to be able to tell.
0: (laughs) Uh, Anyway, thank you for coming on, Andrew. It's a pleasure. Thanks. It's been great to meet you both again. I mean, it's been a
2: long time, so thanks, Steve. Thanks, Ted.
1: Yeah,
0: and a last word from you, Ted.
1: Part of UK, as always. um, Audio podcasts and MeWe groups and whatever you want to dip into there. If you get lost, go to tedsalmon.com. And if you want to buy me a copy, you can do that. That's at paypal.me forward slash ted
0: salmon. And if you're wondering why Ted's audio has been breaking up slightly, it's it's apparently just congestion Sunday morning in North Wales and everyone's on the interweb. So that's why we record on Saturday evenings, everyone. And we'll be back on Saturday evening next week as well. Um, Hopefully with a special guest who is, he said, frantically scrolling to the top of the document, Joe Hickey from the Nomad Tech Project. So we'll be back with Joe next Saturday evening. Until then, a cheery um, goodbye from my two co-hosts. Bye. Bye, Bye, everyone. Show notes at stevelitchfield.com and don't forget to think about buying us beers and coffees to say thank you. If you've enjoyed the podcast, again, link in the show notes. Thank you very much. This has been Phone the Show Chat.